All right, we are here today with our special guest, Monica Bundy, who is the owner of M. Bundy Consulting. And so we're super excited to have you on the show. Um, primarily, I love talking to other people who are doing consulting-type services in the industry because we all do different types of things. So Monica would love um, to hear a little bit about your story and kind of how you got into um, starting M. Bundy. Okay. So um, originally I'm from Virginia, I now reside in Raleigh, but as a lifestyle strategist for Inbundy Consulting, I teach busy professionals how to develop healthier habits so that they can stress less and live more because ultimately making a living isn't the same as making a life. Um, I love pouring into people, I love seeing people live their dream, and I am an introvert. Like, I'm an introverted introvert, and I like to highlight that when people say, I want to learn more about you because uh, I believe that a lot of introverts don't feel that they can thrive in an extroverted world. Um, what led me to where I am right now? So um, full-time I work in the tech industry, a woman of color in tech, um, and I have Mbundy Consulting on the side, and what led me to starting Mbundy Consulting was debt. <laughs> so a lot of people, you know, they say, graduate high school, go to college, get a job. Life is just going to be uphill from there. Well, that's not how my life went. Um, I accumulated so much student loan debt, being an out-of-state student and going to a private college. So you can only imagine what it mm -hmm. looked like then. Um, and so I started with the network marketing path. So I, I did that, and I realized that, especially in, in our community, that women need more than products. And I, I don't know, I don't not needing products, but they needed more than products to get to where they wanted to be and to sustain the type of results that they wanted to get. Gotcha. Wow. So how is it balancing basically like two types of industries, right? Because the tech world and kind of lifestyle strategy and it sounds so polar opposite. How is that? Starting out, I felt like I had two full-time jobs. Um, there was no off button. And I, I realized after I had burned myself out that something needed to be done. And so now it's, I mean, I, from, from my perspective, it's smooth sailing because I've already done the work that I teach my clients to do so that they can live the lifestyle that they want to live. Um, mm -hmm. I get up earlier than I typically would to, you know, to get dressed and to get prepared for the day. I get up earlier and I do my consulting work. And so when I come home, I'm not pressed for time, per se, to do my consulting work. So I feel like when we, you know, have our side hustles, we, we turn it into a business, you have to set those guidelines and how it's going to run. Um, and that's what's allowed me to create the freedom that I have to have both. Because um, mm -hmm. I'm sure on social media they love to say, you know, if you know the cubicle is like the graveyard for dreams, but that's not true. You just have to mm -hmm. figure out how you're going to balance it and make it fit for you if that's what you want to do. Right, exactly, right. And I think you bring up a good point there because I think that, 
a lot of times now there's this push that every single person should be an entrepreneur, and that may not necessarily be the case. Like if you're, like you said, like if you are cool and happy with living the cubicle life and working your nine to five, that's good. But if you realize like in how you're explaining, like here you are, you started your, you know, your nine to five job and then you're like, oh my gosh, like I still have all these student loans I need to cover. You know, let me do something else that I actually enjoy outside of my nine to five and try to generate some additional income to help kind of reduce that debt. I think that is a good thing too, you know, and I think a lot of people don't think about it. Like they think, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. I have to do it full time. You don't really have to if you don't want to. And so do you find, like, how do you find trying to balance both in regards to, like, how you manage your time? And I know you talked a little bit about it, how you get up earlier, but do you take any extra precautions to prepare yourself so that you don't burn out? Girl, do I? I look. I <laughs> I'm a pit bull over my time. Like you know how you 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 picture the pit bull sitting in front of the gate guarding the people's houses. Like that's how I am over my time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm that you know ten minute early person. I and I feel like how I value my time allows me to live the lifestyle that I live and to teach and encourage others like you success is self-defined so as I stepped out of the network marketing industry and I started building my consulting business I defined what it was that I wanted to come out of this company mm-hmm. knowing that I have my nine to five or eight to four thirty, like knowing that I had that, I defined what success meant to me. And when it comes to time management, I'm very proactive, not reactive. And and I, as I mentioned, like I, my thing is I'm teaching people how to stress less and live more. So if I'm working a, a nine to five and I have a business and I can't handle the two, then I'm not in a position to teach you how to stress less and live more. And, and so one thing that um, I believe that when we're managing stress, like if we don't manage it, then it, it begins to manage us. And so I'm very big on just being mindful, like being very observant in the right now. Like, yes, we set, you know, we set our monthly, yearly, five-year, ten-year, like we set our future goals, but be very mindful of right now. And before, no wasn't in my vocabulary. Like I was cutting myself so short, causing so much stress because I simply, I couldn't say no. Like I felt like if I was saying no, like I wasn't, because my thing is be who you needed. So I felt like if I said no, like I wasn't being who I needed at times. But now, mm-mm, I can, I, like, I and and sometimes it's not necessarily no that I say, but it's, you know, not right now or let me see if I can, you know, if it fits my schedule. I just have ways of knowing how to not put too much on myself. Gotcha. And I think that's, like, important, especially when you're balancing, like, on top of your 9 to 5, you're balancing your business, but let's not forget, like, there's life. Life happens, you know. 
like whether that's you're dating or, you know, you have kids or there's like all these different factors that affect our daily lives that if you not if you're not managing your time well, it's easy to burn out. And it, like I that's why I wanted to kind of dig into that. Like do you, are you using any special like tool like are you one that writes down task lists? Are you like a calendar person? Like what do you have like a specific strategy that has worked for you over the time? So, and it's so funny that you, you're asking me that because I just launched my own Stress Less and Live More Lifestyle Planner, but I'm definitely a planner, but I could not find one that worked to a T for me, and so I, I released, well, created and released a planner that has everything that I could think of and everything that I teach my clients. So, and it's all in one place. So um, it has a vision board. It has a quarterly goal layout to help you set your goals and the actionable items that goes with it. Um, it has self-care tips. It has relaxation tips, how to add self-care into your lifestyle when you're super busy, um, a monthly layout, a weekly layout. It even includes um, financial overview. Like I said, I got onto this journey because I was swamped in debt. And so I definitely included um, fi- um, financial overview. And oftentimes when we set goals, I would find myself constantly setting goals but not taking the time to say, okay, what worked? What didn't work? Did something come up and I implemented that right away and I got these results so I'm going to keep doing this? Or did that not work so I'm not going to keep doing that? Or maybe I need to tweak this. Like we, we're we're, we're – we get so wrapped up in goal setting that sometimes we don't reflect on what worked and what didn't work. So it even includes that. And then it includes a journal. So what I've done is just taken all of the processes, all of the strategies that have worked for me. And, like, if you see me, I have a big handbag. I typically have a (laughs) lot of books, you know, because I couldn't find that one thing. So I've just compiled everything into this one planner, um, and so that's what I use. Like I'm a planner. I write things out. Um, over time, I've I've stopped making a quote unquote to do list, but I have a priority list daily. And my priority list, like it's not a long laundry list. It's never no more than five things a day. Um, and and I feel like. These things that I've compiled into one planner is definitely what has helped me um, achieve the success that I've achieved, and even just to create the peace of mind and happiness that I have over the last six years. I think it's awesome too that in the midst of you know doing the consulting and like strategy component, you're also like making it a point to include self-care regardless of, you know, what the goal is. And I think that is super important for anybody, you know, regardless of what, you know, type of career they have. The self-care piece sometimes gets left behind when you're thinking about, oh, I'm going to sit down and plan my day or plan my week. How often do you really think to say, okay, I'm going to plan my self-care for the week or my self-care for the month? So I think that's awesome that you've included something like that and that you're encouraging that in spite of, you know, everything else that people can do. I think that's great. Is there something that inspired you to kind of add that? 
So I I come from a family of strong black women, and they, girl, I don't even know how to put it without getting emotional. It's like I I was raised by these women, and I watched them always over deliver and just constantly give, 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 and they never took, and they never just, like, set aside time to make sure they were good. It was always making sure everybody else was good. And I realized I was probably, so I'm 31 now, I was probably about 25 when I realized that I had developed those same habits. It wasn't necessarily, um, I, you know, I don't have kids, I'm not married. It wasn't that, but it was like in my friendships, at work, like I was just constantly giving, just constantly just pouring myself into people and then wondering why I felt depleted, why I didn't feel like things were being reciprocated. Mm-hmm. And so self-care, self-care is like something that's very, very vital for us to reach a level. So I tell people all the time, for us to reach a level of self-acceptance, we have to have self-respect. And once Mm -hmm. you accept yourself, self-care becomes something that's non-negotiable. Very true. That is very, very true. And I think, you bring up something that I think is very common for women, too, you know, where we are naturally givers, you know, where you ask and typically the answer is, okay, yes, I can help you. And like you said, when you've been, like, you've been doing it for so long, you you will deplete yourself. And at that point, you get so burnt out or so exhausted from giving that how like who's filling your cup back up? And if you're exactly. empty, how you if you're empty, how is it possible for you to serve? Whether that's serving your immediate family or serving your clients or whomever that may be, if you're empty, there's no way you can do it and do it well, you know. And so mm-hmm. that's one of the benefits of, like you said, continuously making it a point to advocate for yourself and include self-care because as long as you're giving back to yourself, you know that you'll never be in a space where you're completely burnt out and completely empty. And mm-hmm. I just think, yeah, I think that's great. And I just want to say, like, thank you because some people don't recognize that sometimes we, like you said, we've learned that over the course of time by watching the people that we love the most sometimes go through things and we don't realize that, oh, my gosh, I'm doing the same thing that I saw my mom or my aunt or my grandmother, you know, Mm kind of run them either. Like I know for me personally, I've seen it where it gets them to the point where they're sick, literally. Yep, sick. Exactly. And it's because over the years, you just, they didn't take care of themselves because they were so busy taking care of everyone else. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I like you, I, I value that self-care component, but I, you know, I have to be, like, it's a challenge for me when you're balancing so many different things. So I think having something like what you're saying is 
you know, including it in your regular planning process is key uh, yep. on so many levels. <laughs> and, you know, Absolutely. that's awesome. And I, right. I tell people it's a meeting with the boss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good. Yeah, that's good. And so what do you, like, enjoy the most about what you do and working with the clients that you get to see? The part that I enjoy the most, I would have to say, is seeing them live how they never imagined that they could live. So mm -hmm. um, what I've learned over the years and even in my, my class for my stress management certification is when stress enters our lives, oftentimes we don't realize that it has until it's trickled into other areas. So say, for example, where debt was my stress. So I was stressed financially. It's trickled into my health and my physical health. Mm -hmm. um, and so a, lo a lot of times people are told, well, you can live this way. You know, start when you think about, like, credit or you think about um, people who never travel. Like, yes, yeah, something as simple as never travel. And we work on the areas that is causing them stress, and eventually they are starting to do things that they never imagined that they could do. Um, simply put, they're dreaming again and making those dreams become their reality. Like that's what I enjoy the most. And just being able to support people and hold them accountable because a lot of my journey, I didn't have anyone, you know, pouring into me. I was pouring into myself and pouring into other people. And so it's those things that I enjoy the most. Got it. And so with all of your experience from just, you know, from college to, you know, working full time to starting your business and it kind of evolving, like what kind of advice would you give to someone who's just getting started and not really sure what to do? My advice to someone who's just getting started, not really sure what to do, where to begin, is to find a mentor or find an expert in the area that you desire to be an expert in and hire them so that they can teach you. And sometimes you will find a mentor that will work with you um, and there's no investment. Well, the investment would be time, but there's no monetary investment. But just Invest in yourself and find someone who is where you want to be and that is that genuinely have your in, your best interest to help you get to where you want to go. Yes. Like don't feel like you have to do it alone and you have to figure it all out. And like I said a little bit earlier, I'm 31 now, and when I was 29, about to turn 30, I was terrified because I'm like, I don't have life figured out. And even at 31, I, I finally accepted that it's not something that we figure out at once. So just have some, you know, have someone help you make that first step and just keep making those steps. Mm, and there definitely is power in mentorship. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, I'm a big advocate for mentorship, only because I know, I know my experience has been life-changing. And I've, I've just heard so many stories from different people, like you're saying that, having a mentor, somebody kind of walk you through the process that you're not quite sure about so that you mm -hmm. don't have to make those mistakes. I think it it's just, it, you can't even equate it to a dollar. Like it's just, 
You can. You can. It really is. And so thank you for that and uh, answering and sharing a little bit about your journey. And so we'll transition into our wild card question of the week. And so this week, as you know, every week um, we have our guests answer our wild card question of the week. And so this week it's all about the shade room. So before I go on, Monica, are you familiar with the shade room? Vaguely, yeah. And I'm like, I don't follow them or, you know, I'm not like, a, oh, I got to see what they posted. But, yes, I'm familiar with them. Mm-hmm. So the shade room is like this really popular of course, on social media, on Instagram, it's just really popular, um, basically somewhat of a gossip entertainment website type thing. And so the question of the day is really geared towards, do you think that using platforms like that, specifically for, like, celebrities, do you think it's helpful to their businesses to be um, – receive kind of, you know, the not-so-good news sometimes in regards to the gossip side, or sometimes they share positive sides, you know, good stories. Do you think it's beneficial to them from a business perspective? Beneficial to the celebrities? Mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> okay. And and the okay. reason I the reason I don't feel that is beneficial is because at the end of the day, celebrities are humans too. It's like people be a celebrity that doesn't mean they doesn't they don't have feelings. That don't mean that you know they're heartless to or they desensitized. So I don't feel like it's beneficial that they're dirty laundry or whatever the case may be is just put out there. And mm-hmm. and sometimes, I, and I, like I said, I va- I'm vaguely familiar with the shade room. Sometimes when things are put out there, it's put out in a tactless way. So I feel mm-hmm. like maybe if they said something a little bit differently, um, I mean, but some things, is, no matter how you say it, it's just bad. <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like sometimes it's not necessarily what you say, but it's how you say it. And mm. one thing, and we have to just remember that people, celebrities are people. So when we're right. saying, oh, you know, ex, this certain person died from an overdose, well, okay, you putting out information about celebrities, but then you have to think about the celebrity's family. Mm-hmm. You have to think about the people who are, you know, constantly sharing stuff. And, like, I'm in tech, so I know that it, there's no delete button once you hit publish. Mm-hmm. So even if you know, so even if they do share something, they're like, "Oh, well, I shouldn't post that." Well, now you posted it, and someone screenshot it, someone shared it. Like we can't take those things back. So I don't feel like it's beneficial to share the negative side of you know what's going on in their lives. And I feel like everything is made for social media. I agree. I I agree wholeheartedly because I think there's like um just a happy a happy medium when it comes to personal business, you know. And I think that social media has made it so easy to access people's personal lives. And once upon a time, Mm -hmm. you know, you you couldn't find out that, I mean, now people are literally going to 
gossip websites like the Shade Room or any of the other ones just to kind of get their news for the day. It's like, oh, this is what's happening right now. And sometimes good publicity is not – well, bad publicity is not good publicity. And that's kind of, at least for me, that's my concern with the shade. Well, with the shade room when they're sharing negative things, and I get it. it. You know, sometimes they say that's the stuff that sells, and that's you know from a business perspective, if that works for other people, that's cool. But I think that sometimes, like you said, people forget that it's so much bigger than what's being shared, you know, Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's not all completely factual or sometimes it only shares bits and pieces of the story that can really taint somebody's brand, you know, like. Exactly. And and people work, celebrities, people, period, business owners, you know, work so hard to establish their personal brands or their company brands, and literally one little piece of negative news can taint the whole thing. And, like, it could be bad for business for some, and some people can take it, flip it, and make it really good for their business and increase their either their music streams or whatever product they're selling or, you know, it really just depends on the person. So I see kind of the the good side and the bad side of it, but I definitely agree with you in the sense that there's it. Sometimes it's just it's too much. Like right, <laughs> like keep it to a minimum. And thank you so much for answering that. I know that's that's one of those questions that people are like, oh, really? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> But it's really just because I think it's important that people have a real healthy conversation about how media, social media specifically, can be beneficial and not so beneficial to business brands or personal branding. Like, it can really hurt, make or break your business, basically. Right. And people become addicted to it, you know, like I just mm-hmm. I can't get over how people literally will be like, oh, okay, I'm logging on to see what's happening on this gossip website for my news instead of going to CNN, <laughs> you know. So thank you again for answering that and participating in the show. It's definitely been a pleasure. But before we close out, I definitely want people to be able to reach you. So what is the best way for them to get in contact with you? Um, you can get in contact with me. My website is www.mbundyconsulting.com, and I'm on Instagram under mbundyconsulting or Monica K. Bundy. Awesome. Thank you again, Monica. Thank you for having me. And that brings us to the end of another episode of the Boss Print Podcast. Thanks again to Monica for being a guest on our show, for sharing more about her journey and talking about, you know, one of the things that entrepreneurs face all the time. The question is always, hey, do I need to quit my nine to five to be a full time entrepreneur or can I do both? And Monica is a true example of how you can really do both. You can actually 
work a job that you actually love and enjoy and still pursue other passions and make money while you do it. So with that being said, I hope you take that message with you along your along your journey and keep it in mind that sometimes entrepreneurship full time is not necessarily for everyone and that's okay. So until next week, guys, have a great week.